0: What's going on, everyone? Dalibor here for T Three G. Welcome. This is for those listening and watching in the future. Uh, this is the first episode of Passion as a Business, uh, and today we are going to be talking with Jordan Wayne Long of HCT Media, uh, Emmy Award-winning uh, producer, director, filmmaker—all yeah. of those things.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll do. It.
0: Uh, we're streaming this live on Caffeine. If you are watching this after the fact, uh, you can always check us out on Thursdays. Times may vary, but we'll uh, we'll have all the links down below. Uh, make sure you check that out. And if you are listening or watching after the fact, make sure you do stop by on Caffeine because then you get to ask questions during the show. Welcome, Hak How are you doing today? Uh, we're going to be talking doing what you love as a business. So that's kind of the whole kind of premise of this show uh, I, I've noticed that there are people that are coming to caffeine with the intent of being broadcasters for a living, and whether that be, you know, on a on a just strictly gaming or doing other things, uh, everyone ha- seems to have a variety of uh, of concepts of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. So I wanted to talk to someone right off the bat who has been grinding in that game for a long time, and I think it was uh, it was just serendipity that you are also on Caffeine, sir. And uh, why don't you give me a little bit of an idea of how you got to where you are, how you got to be an Emmy award-winning filmmaker.
1: Uh, yeah, that's – uh, <laughs> Matt and I just thought it would be funny to win Emmys. And, <laughs> um, and uh, when it kind of happened, um, it's interesting because it – like most things in life it doesn't really matter uh that much it's really about what you're doing at the present moment it seems like um it was interesting for us to like even that idea winning those emmys we had done that project maybe a year and a half before and it was like we really didn't care that much we cared about the project but you can't hear time... him oh you can't hear me hello hmm Let's see. Am I too low? No, you. Mid- I can hear you. What she okay. cannot hear,
0: the the viewers cannot hear you. Well, That is interesting. Should be capturing the desktop audio.
1: Yeah, I feel like Discord should work okay. Hmm. Um. It usually does. Let me jump on caffeine. Let's see. Actually, yeah, I've got it over here. Okay. Awesome. Uh, I got to mute this. How do I mute? Oh, there we go. Very- Let's oh, see.
0: that's why. I realize why. Ah, uh, That's my What's mistake. That? That's my mistake. We need to switch to that. Go ahead and say something for
1: me. Hello? Can you hear me now?
0: Chris, yes. It's I know. Awesome. I, I figured out exactly what I did. I, uh, <laughs> I switched, early, when we were trying to set up earlier, I switched to, to desktop audio, not my headphones, because I was expecting to be working over there when you called.
1: <laughs> nice. Nice. Like silly things. Silly things. This is a perfect example of one of my favorite things, like about being a creator, is that like, we wouldn't have not known this if we wouldn't have took the risk of actually going live, and Actually, like putting something out there, and like we wouldn't have known that problem would existed. It would have hidden beneath the veil, and we would have thought everything was great and that we do everything well. But like, actually, just doing and producing and putting something out there creates the ability like for you to fail and in that failure you fix things and you get better and you get better and you get better and I see that a lot like with joining something like caffeine so quickly like so early on is that like you see people from week to week like we're doing it with our shows we've never done live shows before and like we're still getting it like sometimes we're hitting the mark and we're like damn that was a good show like let's add this next week and I think it'll make it better and sometimes you're like god that's just not working we got to revamp that." But That was when, uh, I mean, I know we want to jump into the origins and stuff, but when Matt and I were in grad school, that was one of the best things ever, was that we were in a very, very competitive grad school. And so, like, your crits, the things that you brought, never went well. Like, it just didn't happen. You just would get ripped apart. And in getting ripped apart and in in allowing yourself the ability to fail, fail big, when something when it just is a massive failure, there's something inside that something that you do that's always works. And somehow, some way you, it will get pointed out that like, man, all that sucked (laughs) that little, but that little thing right there, that was good. Right. And so you, you take that with your tail between your legs and you go back in your lab and you, you build on that one thing that works and you bring it back and they're like, still sucks. (laughs) But that, and that works. Right. And you're like, okay. And so you just, you're building these layers and, that's what I like about the way we've done it. And I probably like that because it's been failure and then success. And like, but I love the fact that now I know how that sandwich works. I know everything inside that thing and I know how to repeat it. So I'm not like an overnight success. I'm not someone who got famous on YouTube and they don't know why their stuff works. And they'll right. just make the same thing over and over and over and over and over again because sure. they don't understand like what made everything great. I think that's the only way you get like great which we're not there yet but the only way you get great is by failure and by allowing yourself putting something out there letting people rip it apart having enough like passion to be like I'm gonna keep going and then eventually like that critique of the audience is so good if you listen to it if you know where to take critique and where to throw it away and that's a whole nother ball game. but yeah that's I love this idea. I love when things go wrong, when you're like it's the it's the worst thing on the planet. But then once you fix it, you'll never make that mistake again and and that's always fun. So right, definitely. Like
0: definitely. No, I love it. Glark Cable, thank you for joining the broadcast and thank you for the follow. Appreciate it. No, I I one hundred percent agree with Hakar here. She says that it's a really great explanation and I, I completely agree with me. Like for instance the my webcam seems to be freaking out right now. And uh, that you know that's going to be something we'll we'll have to figure out you know going forward. I know uh, yeah. I know turning it off and on works for a little bit, so it we'll
1: does, have to keep it.
0: doing that. <laughs> but yeah. That's so okay. so yeah. now you, you you won your Emmys for uh, a documentary that you did. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. What was the first piece of content that you shared with people? Like what was the the beginning? Like what did what did you do when you said you know what this is really cool? I'm going to show people.
1: Man, you're gonna get into a bag of weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you've looked up much about me, but I I, I got into the uh, I got into grad school. It's gonna be such a weird explanation, but I, I did undergrad. I, I took two photography classes in undergrad. Went on to be I was in a band, traveled across country, played Warped Tour, that kind of stuff, and then oh wow, um, and then was the zookeeper in Kansas City. <laughs> um, and like two and a half years in, I was like, man, I, I'm just like, I have the best job in the world. Everyone tells me that, but like, I'm not fulfilled. Um, and so I kept like using my camera and I would, and I would take pictures on exhibit and I would take pictures when we were doing procedures and things like that, that were like dangerous. And and man, I just, I, I was just like, man, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I, I don't know why I'm not happy, but if I'm not happy, like I, I just haven't found myself yet, I guess. And Definitely. so I, yeah. And so I applied to grad schools got into a few um didn't get into my backup schools and those are the first ones (laughs) to come in and I remember being like I am worthless like but something I learned from that of not getting in these safety schools was that like I wasn't a safe person and they didn't like that and so I got into the schools I really wanted to get into and I ended up going to this grad school called Cranbrook Academy of Art and I started making there and before that of course I had made like things in in college and stuff like movies and stuff that like everyone like forgives everything because it's just your friends and like people are like oh my god I can't I made something and like that's no criticism there like that's not real criticism I'm not I wouldn't I wasn't going to advance beyond that because everyone was just so nice and uh thanks hot croissant um but um uh, the first thing I shared was probably my performance work. And I drug myself behind a car like 14 times and uh, and then cut that up into a performance piece and then had my first crit. I had never done anything like that before in my life. And um, it was met with, it actually was met with positivity. And like in grad school, it was like, you're onto something, man, and I was like, all right so i started putting these things out and i started doing this performance work and that's where i met matt who's the other half of hct media and we started like making stupid videos in between making our artwork and yeah uh, grad school like was really good and hard for me and when i got out i got a show um in portland oregon and they're like what are you gonna do and i was like man i've always believed in like like, you, like I said, like if you're going to fail, fail big. So like I'm going to do something big. And, and my work kind of works. Uh, it's dealing with like post-traumatic stress uh, and, and, and everything that comes along with PTSD. And it, it's not going to make sense on Caffeine TV, but you can look at my work um, on JordanWayneLong.com. You can see all my videos, uh, my performance art videos. and uh, But yeah, I was like, I'm going to ship myself across the country while locked in a box and uh, playing an online video game. And the rough explanation of that is because uh, I actually ended up helping um, uh, with an offshoot at the MIT Media Lab with a video game for the Pentagon because I'd done a bunch of research about uh, how video games block sensors that PTSD patients have. And um, uh, so, like when they play certain video games, they can't activate those like horrific images, and so it like keeps them calm. Mm. So I was just like, I'm gonna very play cool. out this idea. I'm very claustrophobic. I'm gonna lock myself in a crate. I'm gonna play an online video game that I have a community built around in, which was Lord of the Rings Online. And I just, I was in a, I was locked in a crate for seven days with 23 protein bars and and five gallons of water and a, a place to to pee and poop basically, and that's it. um, Wow. And so that was my first experience with putting something out into the world because my, yeah, I mean, it was nuts. My gallery was like, that was in Portland, was like, you're going to have to get people there. And I was like, okay. So it was my first attempt at marketing. I I talked to a few friends that were really good at marketing. I went in and I devised like a story around it because I knew it was a ludicrous story and I knew people wouldn't understand. And so I sent it out to everything Kotaku to MSNBC to like NBC like it didn't matter I sent out an email blast in the morning and within two hours I had like 300,000 hits on my website and I was just like I was like I don't know what to do I "I don't know I don't even know what just happened and um I mean it was just like on and my gallery owner called me he's a by the way he's a piece of crap um I, I I did not like that guy and still don't um and uh but anyway he was like what are you doing i was like you told me to get people to the show and he's like oh my god not like this, like, this is nuts. <laughs> it's too and many like, too many i was like i was like, well, it's too late now man i don't i don't know what to tell you but what was really interesting is i hadn't even figured out at that time how i was going to get internet access on the road i didn't like this this performance was a month away and i was still building everything so like i had the entire internet Emailing me, telling me what a piece of crap I—I I mean, people hated this idea. Like, I can't believe the government's paying you money to like ship wow. yourself. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm I'm literally working hardscape and construction in Boston to pay for this thing. Nobody's paying, but but that, but people make up their own narratives. And I quickly realized sure. what getting hated on the internet felt like—like like where you feel like for for two weeks you feel like the whole world hates your entire being so i went on like everything from like npr radio tours to like you know detroit you know morning shows like ah we got this stupid son of a bitch back here he's uh shipping himself several cross country uh hey jordan welcome and i would just be like uh hi um, you know i just <laughs> tried, tried, to, tried to stay calm and, and do that thing and so it was it's interesting once i got past that and once I was like, oh, my God, I don't even know how to do this performance yet. Once I figured out those, like, those stumbling blocks, like, I mean, I, I really, like, rigged a computer. I, I built a computer. I took a 3G Verizon stick. I, I slapped a, a pure sign inverter on on the van um, to, to keep the signal clear. I, wow. uh, grabbed, I grabbed a 7 dB repeater that, like, my uncle would use as a, as a truck driver, and I slapped it on the 3G internet stick and duct taped it literally to it plugged it in did a test run in the mountains of arkansas i got internet well enough to stream like 30 fps like a second like, i mean i mean it was absolutely nuts man and i was like wow this works but if i hadn't have put that out there and i hadn't have said i was going to do it right what would have what would have made me actually try that hard because the whole internet was like you're gonna fail, you're gonna die in there. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I really don't want to die just because right. I don't want you to be right. And um so that was my first experience with like putting something out in the world and just being like, and you know what, like you know, it was one of those things where like I'd always I come from a very small town in Arkansas, a town of like 3,000 people where nobody gets out, nobody really does these kinds of things. No one understood me, but I remember talking to my mom, and and I remember. You know, I remember just being like, you know, my, my mom was like, well, do you know why you're doing this? And I was like, yes, I have. A, I know exactly why I'm doing this. And I know why I need to do this. And she's like, well, that's really all that matters. And there I took that idea and I and the, the show went off. It went well. It went great. Lots of people. Everybody saw this thing. Everybody was like, what's next? All that kind of stuff. And, and I remember getting a call from the industry lab, which is this offshoot of the MIT Media Lab. And it was this guy named Jamie, and he was like, hey man, I was at your Cranbrook show at, at grad school, and I just saw what you did like with the box. Man, I'm starting this like, offshoot of the MIT Media Lab. Do you wanna be a part of it? Wow. And it was one of those things, it was that first instance of like, I don't need, it doesn't matter how many people see what you do, it's the fact that like, you know what you're doing and the right people see it. Because all I needed was this one guy to see it, apparently. And right. and I went up and I worked at the industry lab um, for a couple years while I was doing art, started doing art like across Europe and things like that. And those are crazy, crazy stories on their own. But um, did some really interesting stuff and had conversations at four till four in the morning with Harvard graduates and MIT Media Lab folks and everybody you can think of and, and got to stretch my mind and and and, you know, ended up like those kind of things that you think matter. Like I got a world record and I, and I don't even, I didn't even ask for it. And and when it comes, it's just something funny to say. Like right. when I'll go, when I'll go lecture places or at universities and stuff, like people will often like be like, he's a world record holder. Uh, you know, it's just like, I don't Welcome care. to
0: broadcast Matt glass.
1: <laughs> like, I don't care about any of this Matt glass tuning in. Hey, did you get your sushi buddy? Um, but uh, Matt's been working. Matt's my partner in HCT Media, and he has been. We are on a strict deadline for a, a, a feature documentary that we're turning in tomorrow night. And go so oh, watch
0: tomorrow actually,
1: night. Yeah, Matt, Matt actually got out and got some sushi so that he didn't, you know, completely want to uh, destroy his life.
0: Um, so I'm glad it. He
1: did. Um, but yeah, so that was probably the first instance of like putting something out in the world and being like, "Oh, this is what it feels like to be hated." Like this is. <laughs> You know and and i i got through that and i lived it and i still want to do it again and like bring it on like you know like i talked to so many people who hated me on the radio and i was like man i stay calm because i know what i'm doing i know why i'm doing it and it didn't bother me and i was like all right so when matt and i started making stuff when we moved out to la which we can talk about later the first time we had something together go viral and we just started getting hate and our, our the most benign sweet things on planet earth and people just hated it with a passion hated us with a passion um, yeah that's
0: crazy like the, the, th- yeah. the things that people latch on to is mind-blowing to me
1: well but it makes sense right like if you're out there and you're in a job you don't like because all of us have been there and you're doing something you don't most want of us to are, are be- there now <laughs> yeah and you start seeing – and you see someone who's doing what you want to be doing or doing something that they you, could, they clearly enjoy. Welcome, Coco. That, that, that hate that hate comes out, and, and it's not their fault. Like, yes, it is their fault. They can be terrible people, but to a big extent, it's just this thing of like, man, I, I would just like to be doing what you're doing, and I'm frustrated, and it's coming out in anger because I just want to be doing what I'd love to. Like, why do you get to do it and I don't? Right. And, uh, I right. think that's a lot of it. And so once you get past that, it, it makes everything a whole lot better. You know what? And you know what? I completely.
0: Like I have been there. I've been at that exact spot. We uh, when we launched our YouTube channel, we we were hardcore tech review, and we we're like, we're just we're gonna do the like tech reviews. Popular. You got unbox therapy, and all these guys like kind of doing their own thing. Like we're gonna do our version, and we're gonna be real like we're just gonna do it up. And then a year later, we're looking at people who started after us with more subscribers more views, and we're just like, man, like, we make good stuff. Like, why are people not, you know, so, like, it was that positioning of, like, ah, like, I'm doing everything I can, and I'm watching this person who is doing the same thing, and I'm just like, I really want to be in that place. So, I completely get, like, I get that side of it for sure. It it took took a long time to, like, switch off of that. It took a long time to switch off.
1: My God, Matt and I still struggle with that. There's all the times, like, I can't even tell you how many things we – have done since we've been out here and, and we have just consistently made consistently, uh, stretched ourselves and, and to ke- keep seeing how much better we can get. And there are people that make it that don't deserve to, you know, <laughs> there, there, there are people that are, and that's great. And, and, but there, you still have those moments of envy and just like getting mad and being like, what? why did they make it? And, I, and I'm like, we haven't yet. And, uh, You know to that extent and then you look at me and you're like man i'd like to be making fiction films and you have that thought with me and like there's always someone you're always going to have people that are like i'd like to be doing what you're doing and you're and that person always has someone that they're like i want to be doing what they're doing and it's just a constant thing and it's figuring out how to be happy where you are without being stagnant without you know with with still being like i got to create i got to figure this out i got to get better every time like right yeah, it's it's. it's, it's
0: the, I think it's the difference of like having an end goal versus having like milestones. Like for yep. me, like for for us on a, on on the YouTube channel, it's been. It, it, you know, we were like, oh, we want. We we never said we want X amount of subscribers. Like we mm-hmm. we thought that was just like a death rattle. Like we would say that, and then it would just go downhill. Like we would we would maybe like just work on just getting those subscribers and not creating and making our stuff better and improving. Yeah. So like. For me, it's been very much like I want to make sure that I can execute certain shots. And when like I I did this, I'll, actually I'll, I'll tilt this up here. I did this vertical setup so I can get top-down views. Yeah. And I was like this. I like I want this. I work to figure out how to do it. What was going to be the best option. So yep. and like that was cool for me. Like that was a moment for me. Like it doesn't matter for me. Like I appreciate all the subscribers that show up. I appreciate the people that watch. But like for me, it was like. I got that to work i got it to work in a way that like i can execute it every time and it's excellent it's just an extra angle for me so that that's that was my milestone
1: yes and if you look at the work that matt and i have done and everyone else who created with us like you will directly see like an arc as we're like we want to try this like our first fiction film uh that we did like that we really tried that was like not comedy uh, we didn't even put, like, people talking in it because we were, frankly, too scared to write dialogue that was serious. We loved writing comedy stuff. We loved doing... We are like, but it doesn't matter, right? Like, if people see comedy stuff and it's not good, they're just like, it's just not a good comedy. Right. But there's something different when you try something for real and you try drama and you Definitely. feel something Definitely. something serious. that Like, if that fails, it hurts so much more. And so, like, you see each time we're like, okay, now we're going to put dialogue in it. Okay, now we're going to do this. Can we do puppet animation? Thanks, can sir. we add some, like... Can we add some, like, uh, visuals behind that? Can we add some, like, CG to that? Like, and we've just stepped up every time, and we still that with our features. Like, we just keep trying to up the bar because no one's going to make you up the bar, really. Right, like, exactly. You're, you're, you're the only person that can, like, stretch you to the limits of what you can do, and so you have to constantly be like, okay, what have we not tried before? What have we not done? Okay, let's try that. So, like, that's brought us to where we are today because you always have that thing where you're like, okay, next time, it's just like Pixar, right? Like, we're gonna do an underwater, like we've never done underwater. Well, let's do a whole film of it just so we have to figure it out. Like, that's brilliant. That's, you know, that's how it has to be. Otherwise, no one's gonna push you there because they want to be there too, so. For sure, for Mm -hmm. sure.
0: That's, and that's, uh, you know, like you said, no one, no one's going to push you because even if you, let's say you make it, you know, you break through into the corporate world and, you know, if you're doing, let's say, photography and you're doing X level of photography and someone sees it and they're like, hey, I want you to come and do, like, product shoots for me. And you could do that level of photography forever. They're, they're never going to ask you to get better. You have reached the, the plateau that they need you to be at and that's it. So it has yep. to be an internal drive. You have to you have to want to get better for for this essentially the sake of the craft, for like for for where you want to be, versus like having arbitrary goals of like, all right, I want to work here. And like once they say, all right, you're in, you don't, you know, theoretically, you never have to get better than that because once you're of in, course. you're in. <laughs> like,
1: of course, we Matt and I could um, have stayed making documentaries our entire lives and been just fine. People would have been super into it. And like when we started to be like, we want to make fiction stuff. People were like, "Ah, man, no need to." No, for literally sure. people telling us that, like, you guys, like, you guys have a great thing going. Like, no need. And just for us, that just wasn't acceptable. So like that transition was tough and interesting. Um, and a lot of people were just like, because a lot of people were like, "You're fine. Why are you doing that?" So yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: I, I think I think there is there is a mentality of. Once, once you can execute the thing that like will pay the bills let's say people just expect you to just do that do that until you die and yeah I think I think there's a, I think the creator like heart and mind you're always going to want to do something different you al- always want to improve and increase somehow
1: yeah, like, uh, yeah th- there's just
0: it's, it's it's a it's like a fundamental core element of our being
1: yeah definitely definitely totally agree
0: so you mentioned this, this silent film. How long was it? What... Let me rephrase that. What made you, besides the, the fear of putting in dialogue, what, what made you kind of make it the format it was? And what made you... Like, what drove you to, to, to set that movie the way
1: it was? Um. Let's see. Well, I mean, we knew we wanted to make short films because we were like, we want people to see what we can do. But we don't have really that much money. Uh, What do we do well? So for us, we do a very good job of making a small amount of money look like a lot, which a lot of people claim that. I actually feel like we actually do that, and um, and I knew that we had like connections with like people that that build props. I can build props. I can build sets. I can I can't come from a construction background, so I have that. Matt has done has been doing visual effects. on his own learning on his own since he was like probably 11 years old like we have this ability to go from front end to back end you know, much stuff, stuff, so we're like okay like five or six of us can do something that like it looks like it's a 12 person crew so we're like let's go out somewhere everybody shoots in LA everything looks like it's shot in LA let's <laughs> go somewhere else so we're like let's travel somewhere um, let's actually pay our actors something because we we had a budget of like $375 and $125 of that, yeah, I guess $300 of that went to the actors because actors don't get paid out here. So you know, like if I can pay you something, you know, I respect you. And like, it really feels like, yeah, when you get up into the big levels, actors always get pampered, but not at this level. Like they do not, they're just asked to just kind of do. And so for us, we're like, it's important that we treat people because they'll tell people, that we actually pay pay something and care about them, and so we did that. And the rest of the money, we um, we built props and we did a little bit of like visual effects and we did some like uh, like track motion tracking stuff and stuff oh, like wow. that. They hadn't done that much before, and really within that, we do like can we create a world um, that just feels different? It feels like it's off world for really essentially seventy five dollars. And um, I feel like oh, we sure pulled that off. And like, you know, we had one of the actors, like we had an actor who had been on a huge uh, Nickelodeon show and we had one of the actors from Heroes. Um, oh, wow. And we only we only paid them $125 a day, but they saw what we did, they saw what we wanted to do. And they that's were like, awesome. we'll take a chance to you guys. And so that was, that. you know, that's kind of what our mindset was so like, let's just do something a little different. And honestly, something that drives Matt and I so much and like whether it's a good thing or not I do not know but like when and everyone's ever I think everyone does feel this when someone says you can't do something you're just so driven to prove them wrong and there were scripts that like whether or not they're perfect we knew that they had a place to be made and like we worked with some people that were like didn't feel that way and wanted us to kind of wanted to take our skills and our drive and use them for their own stuff, but not really let us share our own visions. And so there's literally scripts that we've made that we just did because two people were like, you shouldn't make, like, don't make that. And we're like, (laughs) okay, we're going to try really hard and we're going to make this look good. And, like, there's a short called I Hate Mondays that is a direct result of that, of people I
0: love that, by the way. I I have not said enough about that short. I I I didn't get it. I didn't get it for the longest time. Like while watching it, I'm just like I like why like why is it going And then I realized what was happening and I was like, "Oh my goodness."
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm it's it's weird and like and it's like it's n- not perfect, but man, like I'm so proud of how we did that. Like that was our first experience with getting insurance with using a real shooting location in LA. Like um shooting You know 30 shots a day um we shot that in two days um we had quite a few actors we had to really like we you know it was like going and getting props from a prop store which you think would be super simple but it's not because you have to have like million dollar insurance to just rent out props in LA and so it's like make me go through all that logistics because then I know if I really want to be a producer I need to know all the crappy stuff that I have to do and like god we've learned so much every time we do something and that was really let's go get props just because i don't know how to do it so now i don't walk in there all green like i don't know what's going on i'm like yeah this is going to cost me double whatever it is because you know because i don't have like the insurance they need so i know i'm going to have to pay double and i'll get that deposit back but it's like all these things That you're just like i don't know how this works and the only way you're going to do it is if you dive in and do it because otherwise you're going to be like "Ah, you know what let's just do it like the same way we did before because that's easy right right and um and and you see a lot of people making web series you see a lot of people making movies cutting them up into into like web series links and putting them out because they're too scared to deal with making a film sag because my god is it a monster but like you know it's like that's good maybe that works for them but they probably aren't going to get any farther because they're too scared to take that leap and be in like, and, and figure that out all the paperwork and spend weeks on the phone with people just trying to like be like oh I did that wrong great now I got to go back you know it's just the process it's like gov- it's like government rise. forms <laughs> yeah it is and it's like
0: the you're in the wrong line i'm going to need you to get back at the back of the other line
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and the best thing to know is that like every time you want to quit if you don't someone else has quit at that point and now you don't have to deal with them and you don't have to like worry about them as competition and I think like I, we look at that a lot we look at things that way a lot you guys are all right I love it
0: um, yeah. so we, we've brought in some of those elements I think Harker uh, mentioned here the hottest hardest part of about following your passion and I'd like to ask what your, what your thought is on that uh, what what has been the hardest thing to deal with on a daily, you know, weekly, monthly kind of like, like, you know, is it like the having to make those forms and do, do all the paperwork and all that stuff? Is it is it more so the like? I know we talked the other night, last night, um, regarding some of the insecurity periods where you you're limited in your you know what you can do and your funding and all that stuff. What's what's the hardest part? about like truly following your passion
1: man hey irene thanks for joining um god there there are several things about following your passion i mean (laughs) we could go on a on a very big honestly like i lost and and now i'm so happy that that happened but i lost a marriage because of my drive drive to go and my drive to do what i needed to do i didn't know myself yet And when I went into grad school, I thought I was going to be um, a teacher and really and there were multiple other issues. But one of the biggest things was like when I started dragging myself behind the cars and like doing all these crazy things, people looked at that as insanity, except for the people who knew me and knew that I could take care of myself and knew why I was doing it. And so that, yes, I following my passion has cost me marriage. Um, it, but it is it is it has brought me the ability to actually find myself, and and to and and for me that's like absolutely priceless. It brought me to my uh, to finding Matt um, and 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 doing HCT Media. It it found um, it, it has helped me find the people. It found Tara for me. Just like it's been. Following my passion has brought so much good, not just in um, the professional world, but the hardest part is that constant need. Man, the constant need to get better, the constant need, the constant feeling that you're not enough, that no matter what you do, is it, it, it will never be enough for you. Um, because we do this thing, if you have a passion, if you're following it, no matter what good things happen within an hour, of, of, of the good thing happening, you immediately have this lull, where you're like, oh God, I, you either feel like you faked your way into it, or you feel like you can never repeat it again, or you feel like, I mean, you, you, it, that's just what it's like having to keep yourself motivated. You're always gonna feel like that. And I think, feel like if people realize that, that that's such a normal thing for no matter where you are in your career, like it would be easier but people don't want to tell you about that people only want to put up it's that social media idea of just wanting to put up the positive things like,
0: right just the victories
1: just the victories but everyone feels defeat like on a daily basis and what you really have to do is figure out how to like keep that defeat from really going so low that it just takes you out of the game um always set the trail never follow the path yeah it's exactly right like surrey that's and and that's the thing, like you can ask a hundred people, how do I get to this spot? And you're not ever gonna be able to follow that path. That's just not how it's gonna work. Right. And what's gonna what's gonna set you apart is not being on that same path. What's gonna set you apart and make you be found and and, and people to really like want you for your individuality is the fact that you didn't get there the same way. Like, I can't even tell you from Matt and I like we come from very small towns, very like very poor upbringings. Um, we we're thinking, like Honestly, there's probably four people in grad school that had to have loans. Everybody else just paid them off like with money. And, <laughs> Matt, and I were, Matt and I were one of those people that like but but it's it's our it's our adversity in getting to where we are that will let us succeed more than other people. Like, yeah, we didn't like grow up in L.A. and we don't know this business, but that's also something that like helps define us and helps us be better. We don't know where other people have failed. And so we just go for it, we just run straight on into it. And there's something very amazing about that ability to not be scared, because you don't know. And like, if I knew how much work it would have taken to get to where we are right now, I don't know if Matter I, one, would have, I don't know if I would have pursued it. I don't know if like, when I was comfortable, and, and either even though I was unsatisfied, if I, when I was in this comfortable place, because your brain wants that, if i would have known all this um before grad school honestly i don't think i ever would have done it i'm like i'm gonna lose my marriage are you serious like right. i don't know that i would have done that so, right if, if
0: you just heard the the rough stuff would you would you still make the same moves
1: exactly uh and here's the thing i truly believe i think at this point in my life i would choose that i feel like i've i've i know myself and the things that have happened to me, I realized that those are the best things that ever happened to me because I took that tragedy and I took that trauma of whatever it was. And I was like, I'm going to make that the best part of my life. I'm going to make that the moment that I turned everything around and was like, I'm never going to be this person. I'm going to go this way. So uh, I love metal that. That's,
0: that's an excellent line. That's metal has to be hammered to get stronger.
1: Yeah. That's, there's nothing truer than that. I mean, that's, that's exactly right. And I feel like, I feel like our metal has gotten stronger um, every, time, every time we fight down something that, that didn't let us be where we wanted to be. Or, and, you know, you always find that. You're always like, you know, you're always like, I'm ready to be a director of a feature film. Right. And then, like, really, you're probably not. Right. And then, like, I'm not saying you can't, but, like, you've got to take those steps to get there. You've got to be like, i got to make those short films. Whew, that was hard. Okay, i got to do that 27 days in a row. Okay, maybe I'm not quite ready for that. Okay, now I'm going to do it for four days. Now I'm going to do it for seven. Like, right. okay, now I'm going to jump in and do that feature film. Wow, we got through that. Man, okay, we can do this again. Like, it's just those – you, you got to give yourself these little victories um, to keep yourself going. And um, and, and, and that's the – you know, that's something that you have to keep in mind. Like, you have to have those small small goals, goals for your macro goals. You've you got to have those small goals that you can have those little victories. Matt yeah, Absolutely. It, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, one of one of the one of the like best phrases I've learned in the last year has been, uh, "Welcome, General Aaron." Uh, one of the best phrases I have learned in the past year has been "micro speed, macro patience." Like, you know, you, I, I there, we have huge, huge ideas. Like, we have, we have this, we had this idea years ago. Before, honestly, before we even thought about doing fiction production, like mm-hmm. regularly at all, we had this idea uh, when the show Dexter ended to do a follow up of just this like short form thing with his son after he grows up. And we were like, ah, oh, cool, like we're going to do that." And we set a date. Like it's on the calendar. Cuz we wanted to do it exactly 15 years later. So like the kid grows up, he's like it's it's him. Um but then we really haven't done anything towards that. We we're just like we're going to do this. So we put it on the calendar, but then now we're at a position where I'm, I'm thinking Oh, like, that's going to be a lot of work. Like, to actually make that look good and to get the same – because that show, is, I think, was done really, really well, the production. Yeah. Like, everything was done really, really well about it. So I would want to create a good product. So, you know, thinking about these little things that we want to do, we want to do these little skits and stuff like that, yeah. that's something that that is going to just build – like you said, it's going to build that. So, like, when once we finish our first skit and we put that out there next month – that's going to be awesome. Like that's, I just, that right now, that's where my head is at. I just want to get that skit done and that's it. That's it. Just one single, you know, two, three minute piece of fiction. That's it. And and then we'll, we'll work on that 15, 20 minute short for, you know, 2025 or whatever we set it for. But like, it's something to build on. Like, you know, like I said, micro speed, macro patience. Like I I want to do something huge, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: you can't do something huge tomorrow.
1: Right, you but those it. arbitrary deadlines right. are so important because no one like we made our own content when we first started out. We just we were like, let's shoot seven documentaries in, and, and like let's put them out every two weeks. No one told us we had to do that, right. and there was no indication that that would in any way work. But we just needed that. We needed that deadline so that we actually followed through, and we would get to those deadlines, and we're like, we're putting it out on Friday, and Matt would be like. I'm not super happy with the music and we both just kind of decided like too bad like just right. put them out and put it out market it and like that's how I taught myself like these videos Matt was like nobody's gonna watch these videos and I was <laughs> like, well well that's my job and so like I just sat down and I was like it was just like combing the internet and I was like I just built a marketing like mind just because I I want this to work so badly I want what we're creating to, to, to be wanted and so that's how I kind of started like marketing our stuff and it was just pure like no one else is going to care if I don't right and so exactly that's, exactly
0: that's if you don't it. if you yeah. don't do it yourself exactly if you if you don't do it yourself you don't if you don't put the time in yourself that that is uh then no one else is going to do it for you no one else is gonna you know like I, I talk about you know like we're, we're only at a certain number of subscribers and that, like that number really is arbitrary it doesn't matter but, like, unless I'm out there sharing and, and putting it out, it, no one else is going to do it. Like, no, you no one else. I mean, and, peop- yeah. you know, and there's, like, you know, in, in terms of the internet marketing and all that stuff, there's organic growth and all that stuff. And, like, people will share eventually. But, like, you can't count on any of that. So, at the end of the day, you have to put the legwork in. Because at the end of yeah. the day, you're the one responsible. If people <laughs> do or don't share, that's incidental. That It doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Man, we're – listen, I, I was just talking to Matt and Tara about this idea. We're, we're going to – we're keynote speakers at a university, and, like, we're going to meet all these classes and marketing classes and stuff like that. Yeah, you
0: like said, like, what, 14 Whoa. classes in two days? <laughs>
1: yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's nuts. And I think most of those are in one day. And uh wow. But, you know, I was thinking about, like, views. And, like, we have, like, I don't know, 4,000 viewers on YouTube or subscribers, whatever it is. I don't really care. That's not, like, what I'm trying to do. Right. And, like – views for me like views are like get thrown across like uh like an in, in icy pond <laughs> and like and like they kind of matter but they don't really but what matters is like some of those views sinking down and like penetrating through the ice and getting down into the water below yeah and like that's what you have to do and you have to create those well, that ability to break through that ice in certain sections and like when you do honestly like i know you probably heard us talk about this like our videos that have 350 views like are the most important videos we've ever made right we've spent we've spent months and months and months on a video that like actually close to a year on a video that probably has 400 views on youtube right now but it has mattered more than anything for our career and it's like you just have to understand who you're trying to reach. And sure. You have to, you have to, you have to hone in on getting those people to watch. And if, if, if something goes viral and and it happens for you, great, but know where your bread is buttered and like, know know who you're really trying to go after. And so like, right. we just don't care about that. I'm just like, I want, I want these 15 people to see this thing. And like, if, if it goes viral, great, that's wonderful, but I'm not going to get, You know we've had things go viral and we know that then it goes away and we know that exactly something super sustainable and um, now it's important that you take advantage like you've got to always be ready for things to happen like that was my biggest thing on the first time that things happened for me with my performance piece is I wasn't really ready for what was going to come next so like I've taken that idea and always had it like in my mind now so when we make something I already know what we're gonna make next because I know that when people are into this, they're gonna be like, "Well, what are you doing now?" Right. And you always it doesn't have matter to do what anyway. you did last
0: week. It doesn't matter what you did last year. What are you doing now? Not at now?
1: all. Not at, exactly. Exactly. So like, that's something like we live by, and we live that by that with our feature right now. Like, we're waiting for it to get back from sound design, and then we're and then Matt's making the music for it, and like we're we we're just now taking distribution uh, meetings on this film. But we've already pushed ourselves to create the next film wow. and know, know when we're going to shoot it, go ahead and getting those investors. And like like we're already doing that because we know that like when we go into those meetings and they're like, well, what are you guys doing next? We're not sitting stagnant. We're like, this is what we're doing. We're doing it this right. time. Like on this budget, uh, this is like you want to follow us. Everyone wants to Welcome jump on a beneath. train that's already moving. Everyone wants to jump on a train that's already moving. They don't want to jump on a train that's like needs to get started. And like, for if, sure. if you have that idea, I think that's like so important. Um, I think that's such an important thing for us. It's like we honestly decided we were going to shoot a short, uh, a feature film without, without any investors on board yet. And, yeah. And we and we just said, I don't care. We're making it. And and as soon as we did, we started getting calls of like, you guys already like up on your investors like are you guys like is there any room or anything in that and I was like yeah we've got room it's not a lie because we got plenty of room right right exactly but you know what I mean like you just like because you know what you better believe we were gonna make that feature film whether we got investors or not it was gonna happen so I'm not worried about lying to people it's gonna happen but like I knew what I needed and I knew but I knew that I had to start that train uh, on our own Otherwise, nobody else is going to start it. And people called, and they're like, "I've been waiting for you guys. I've been waiting for you guys to shoot a feature." Nice. And like, well, I didn't know that. Never, never talked to that person about that idea before. But you know, that's and that's just part of it. That's what you got to do. Um, uh, I'll need that i that uh, uh, Irene um, our YouTube link. Um, it's called it's Rain short film. Um, by H. Rain is
0: outstanding rain is a rain is a trip rain is a trip I'm not gonna lie that was a that was a good watch and then i i am i'm lobbying and I, I would like everyone i would like everyone to lobby netflix to pick up ghost of the ozarks i think ghost of the ozarks would be an outstanding netflix original
1: <laughs> hey um that has its own feature written with it that has a actually i i can send that to you like it has its own pitch decks it has its own bible um uh, Matt and I and Tara all have films that we've worked on together and that we've written separately that nice. we're all going to, to shoot together. And, like, uh, Ghost of the Ozarks is a proof, proof of concept for a feature that we knew we wanted to make. We made that feature be- We made I'm that I'm so Ghost psyched for
0: that. That It was such – I, like, I watched it and I was like, damn, this is really good. Because that was the first thing I watched. That was the first oh, thing nice. I watched. So, like, nice. I was like, that was really good. And then, like, in Rain – like, I told you, like, it's it's a puppet movie – and like I had seen the trailer with the like behind the scenes stuff, but like it's done so well, I was I com- it like washed out of my head as soon as I started watching it. So like yeah, I didn't think awful. I didn't think about any like I knew how the sets were built, but it, like it didn't matter. I was just following the story, and then there's like there's just one little shot where you see like the puppet wire, and I was like. Yeah holy crap, like, I have I just realized, like, there's puppets in this movie, like, I've never seen any of the wiring, it was so, like, ah, man, I, I, I'm, like, I, I'm geeking, but, like, I, I want, I, like, I really want you to know that I'm not, I'm not, like, you know, playing to you, like, I really, really dug those movies.
1: Thanks, man, I, I'll tell you, like, Matt, that's Matt's story, and when we were in grad school, Matt wanted to make Rain, and he tried a Kickstarter, and it didn't work, and, But I wanted to make that film so bad for him. He wrote the music to it. And I remember the first time that I listened to the rain theme, I just like was bawling. And I was like, this, I was like, I know how much this movie means to you, Matt. And I was like, we're going to make this in five years. When we got out to LA and Matt, Matt was so sacred of like this story that he was like, he was like, I'm going to be really hard on you. I'm going to be like, he's like, I want, this has to be right. And, um, and within, I think we made it within three years of being out here. And I was, I'm so proud of that fact. I'm so proud that we got hooked up with Henson. Right. I'm that so yeah, day
0: where you were saying you worked with Henson on that. And I was like, that's such a, that's such a crazy ment Like that's a, such a crazy mental to me. Cause like, that's, that's like, you know, that's like somebody saying, I want to, I want to go into football and then like working with the bears, you know, working with the the Kings. Like you just like, like that's just mental. Like that's a, that's a huge thing.
1: I'll tell you a story about that, that I think like would inspire you. The, the thing about always like, you have to always be ready. Like we just said, and you always have to be prepared um, for luck. Like there is definitely an element of luck in everything that we do but what makes you successful is that you're ready for that luck to hit and you're ready for it to happen. And like, we have been making puppet shorts. We had been making our own puppets. There's a short called Good Morning. It's on a channel called and Funny. And you can watch that. And that short that we did for, again, like 350 bucks, that short is what we, when we got documentaries, we were gonna do documentaries for the Jim Henson Company we walked in there we started shooting because that's our goal is like to get to know everyone so that they like will get comfortable with us around the camera we're sitting around lunch the day that we get there the first day that we get there and they're like what do you guys do and we're like man we really love puppets actually like we make short films we make documentaries before we really and they're like well show us something and if we didn't have anything if we were just like god we've just been big fans like i know jim henson's like I know everything about the man. Like, that doesn't count. Right. But the fact that we had Good Morning and we had a couple of other puppet things, we just showed them right off. And, and they were just like, uh, this is awesome. Um, and all those individual people were like, do you guys ever want to work on anything? Let us know. And I was like, and I just went back and talked to Matt. And I was like, we got to do rain. We have to do this. Like, And he was like, well, let's shoot a trailer in our backyard. And I was like, and so I brought Mark out, who I've known since – college and we just built those sets that you saw and like a very specific thing about putting out that trailer is I knew a lot of people would watch that trailer and I wanted them, them to know like yeah we could create the illusion that it's like this big budget film that's not what it needed to do right it needed to go like are you kidding me like three people made this thing like, right. that's what I wanted and so like I wanted I wanted to show you like we wanted to show you how small it was and then have to work to get you back to like convince you that it was a big world and so what you said just then is perfect and yeah and i mean that film has that film helped us get a job at paramount um shooting the marketing campaign for the arrival movie and helped us get my god it still helps us to this day because it really hasn't really it went on like it premiered at atlanta film festival and several others and uh, so it really has only been out for like Six months, but the people that we needed to see it, we showed them privately and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's that's. That's,
0: So that was going to be my next question. You you had mentioned to me Arrival before, and I thought that was crazy. That like, again, something that I really really enjoyed watching. I thought that movie was really good. And uh, you you had said that you had worked on that, and I thought that was cool. And you mentioned Henson. Like, are those like the two kind of biggest things? Like, have you worked with any other like? Like, can, like, what else can you name drop just for the sake of name dropping?
1: <laughs> um. Well, uh, Matt and I, uh, second unit directed Karen Gillen, who um, Karen Gillan is from Doctor Who and Guardians of the Galaxy, and she Jumanji. sure is. <laughs> uh, She asked us to come and second unit direct her first feature film that she was directing. Oh wow! And so last year we did that. Um, in Scotland, we were over there for about a month and a half um, shooting that. We were not only the second unit directors. Wow. We in, after the first day, I'm very proud of us. No one wanted us to be there because the whole crew was like Scot Scottish, mm-hmm. and so they had to do so much to bring us over. Um, no one wanted us to be there. No one knew why we were there, and the first day they were running behind, and we had to run in and shoot B camera, which they weren't planning on having B cameras at all. And from that day forward, we were on the schedule for B-Camera every day. So we had to second unit direct everything we had to do and be B-Camera and do behind the scenes because we're so good at doing behind the scenes. Um, Matt did some effects. Matt ended up being uh, a, like, news host on it because he's a good actor. Anyway, it was that thing where, like wow. – um, And that, that film's uh, in Tribeca next – in, like, what, two weeks? Um so that's psyched know, that's, about that I like her
0: yeah. I, I like her I'm like one of the seven people that watched Selfie and like what, what, oh, I, nice. what I really like about her is that she she's a freaking chameleon she's all mm-hmm. over the place and it blows my mind like I watched I watched Shimanji and I'm like where do I know her from and I'm thinking I'm thinking I look it up and I was like holy crap she was Nova in Guardians and I was like because, like, yeah. she doesn't look anything like herself. And then, like, even, yeah. even more so, like, again, Selfie, like, she's, she's a normal human being. But, like, mm-hmm. the character in Selfie is not at all the character that she portrays right. in she anything is. else. Like, it's so – she's and, so good. Yeah,
1: And she's such a nice human being. Like, we didn't have a place to go for Christmas. So we uh, – Matt and I, like, spent Christmas with her family when oh, we wow. were over there. And all that kind of stuff. Like, she is a very nice person. And we did a job. Well, now, now, I don't believe in doing a lot of jobs for free. But we did, like, she needed to shoot a, a picture, and she didn't have any time or any way to really do it. And so Matt and I came in, and we just, like, did it for her. And it looked way better than she ever, ever expected. And she just started looking at our stuff and watching rain and watching all these things and asking us to send her links. And, and then she asked us to do that, and that was great. And then that created the opportunity. When we were in Scotland, she had been shooting The Circle, which was like Tom Hanks and um, – yeah whoever emma watson yeah yeah. and uh and they had to do reshoots but we were gearing up to shoot her film and so she couldn't fly to atlanta so we just were the inverness crew and we shot stuff uh so we're in the circle you know like we we were the inverness unit in the circle film so it's like those kind of things like just happen because you present yourself and you're ready to go and you you just you know you're ready to do it right and um yeah and and sometimes it's because there's no choice like right. they were like well we got no choice like yeah shoot it and they're like okay this looks good awesome um and it, you know it's that thing of like you do often have to be like you don't know how to do a job until you get there especially for like jobs like second unit directing or working with cameras you've never been able to touch because you can't afford them right <laughs> like red 8k I, um, <laughs> yeah Twenty like, thousand I, dollar cameras god like matt and i had not like we just went to the gear gear shop in Scotland and made sure we got there 17 hours before everybody else. And just for like looking up YouTube videos, like how do we work? Like, okay. All right. This is yeah, this, this is this. Oh my God. How do I put this camera together? Like are you Alexa? Like Alexa mini? Like how oh do we put, God, these? Yeah, like, how do we put these together? How do we do this? And so, um, Oh, thanks I'm for gonna, hanging out. Thanks so sign. much for listening. Um, it's been a pleasure. I, I love your thoughts on everything. Um, but uh, anyway, so I mean, I guess we've done more stuff than that. But um, but yeah, I, I guess like name dropping—that's that's the name drops, I guess. Um, that's but that, but
0: see, like and I like guess, that's yeah. and that's a crazy. I mean, like but you know, and that wasn't and that's that's one name, but that was so much work, mm-hmm. so yeah. much, work, and that's just that one connection. And like that's like yeah. you said earlier, like you got to be ready for that. Like if you have if you have that body of work to show when you when you do encounter that one person you could just be like here you go uh my cousin and i we uh we had shot a video for he has a a automotive youtube channel we had Mm -hmm. uh he met he met a a guy like a local guy he goes to all the car shows he's got a a lamborghini murcielago and we both liked the car like it was a super cool car Mm -hmm. and then he calls me one night and he says hey uh do you want to come out and shoot the murcielago and i was like it's 11 o'clock Like, what are you talking about He's like, "Do you want to come out? We're going to do it in Rosemont." And I was like, "Okay, like Rosemont's got a ton of lighting. Like it's it's late, but like Rosemont is a super brightly lit like town." Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "All right, let's do it." So we shoot this film at night. Like he's hanging out the back of my Prius with the camera recording as we're driving. Like just kind of literally last minute. We're like <laughs> like hanging things off the car, GoPros just to get shots. We, we put he puts this film like he he did all the editing for it and then it was this really cool video we're hanging out we went to get ice cream at like the local like best joint and this guy walks in and he's kind of like eyeballing me because i was like doing daily vlogs at the time and I've, you know, I've got my camera with my tripod and he's like you know i've got a better better tripod for that and i was like what like, who who are you like who are you sir and it turns out they're you know, like him and, and his buddy. They're our local. They make like accessories for GoPros and cameras and stuff, mm-hmm. which is actually what that the mount up there is.
1: Nice.
0: And they come through. They're like, oh, this is like this is like our thing. This is what we make. And I was like, wow, this is like really high quality stuff and blah blah. blah. And then they're like, like, do you have anything else to show us? Because we had shot the 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 ice cream shop has like car shows there, mm-hmm. so we had shown the owner like, hey, here's some here's some videos of the stuff we've done. And this guy's like, wait, 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 is this the guy, that, like, are these guys that do the, the car show videos? Because, like, the owner's been singing our praises, apparently, at that point. That's awesome. So but it's yeah. like, we're yeah. like, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's definitely us. And then we show, like, you know, they're like, do you have anything, you know, like, recent or whatever? And we pull up the, the Lamborghini video. We had just finished, like, I think two, two, three weeks before. We show him the Lamborghini video. He gets, like, there's, you know, he, it, it's edited to the flow of a song, so it gets to the drop and it's just this like super quick switch over with a couple yeah. awesome shots. He puts the phone down. He's like, listen, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yeah. yes, this is amazing. Yeah. So like yeah. our first commercial gig came out of that. It's so, like, it, it, it's yeah. Like you said, if, if you're not, if you don't have the body of work, like we did it on a whim at 11 yeah. o'clock at night, like mm-hmm. no permits or anything. <laughs> like we we're just like, let's yeah. do it. Let's just do it quietly and disappear, disappear into the yeah. night.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Crazy.
0: That, but, yeah, yeah, that's that's an outstanding point. Like like welcome, Lionel. Thanks for joining. So I see I see your rig back there. I'm not gonna lie. You mentioned that you, you did the you did the 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 uh, arrival stuff uh super low budget. You said that, that uh-huh. you had brought them out to your living room and that's where you yes. that's where you set up the set, and I thought that was that was brilliant.
1: Yeah, just, yeah. I'm just like
0: imagining the the, the, the crew walking in and being like, what? Is this? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, no, it was, and it was—it was, it was um, actually where we ended up meeting Yuri Lowenthal, um, who ended up—who is a huge voiceover actor. Um, he's been everyone; he, he's been in everything that you've you watched. And um, <laughs> see, now I gotta look him was, up. Yeah, yeah, Yuri Lowenthal, and he's an amazing guy. He ended up being a voice on Rain. He ended up being in our feature film. He'll be in our feature films again. He's gonna be a guest. Uh, Tara knows him. Uh, he's going to be a guest on her show on Caffeine and like you meet these people doing these things and like they weren't bummed out when they walked into our house because one thing that we did is we like yeah the set maybe didn't look perfect but we knew how we were going to shoot it Right. and once we we got them in front of the camera we shot it, Matt went and color corrected it like immediately and came out and was like this is what it looks like and they're like oh <laughs> that's okay, awesome, cool. awesome. And they're like alright alright <laughs> From then on we got them and so like you have to know what your weaknesses are and you got to put them out front so like you you, you got to make those like the thing that and then you can reel those people back in and be like we got this we know that's our weakness we know you're in our house right now but let us show you what we're going to do and why this makes it better and and once you like just put those out there and you're fine with that showing those weaknesses and knowing how you're going to overcome them like showing people is just immediately it it, it puts them at ease and like one of the ways that we got connected um we do a lot of stuff for david arquette and like he saw one of our videos on twitter and was like guys i really like what you do and we're like man thanks so much we like what you do he's like i actually got a documentary idea can i come by and talk to you guys about it where's your where's your like business and we were living in the back of a a gallery (laughs) space and so like he came in and he like was on the phone he's like oh guys i think i'm in the wrong spot and we're and he started to walk out we're like whoa 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 who you coming to see and he's like um like half cut tea or something and we're like that's us and he looked at us and he just like started laughing and he was just like what <laughs> like what what and we're like yeah and he's like how how many of you are here and it's like it's just us two <laughs> and, and like we were able to get him and we knew that he was gonna laugh whenever he realized that we weren't a real production company but we got him in the door he knew what we could do he saw what the work looked right. like that's all Welcome we need to, to convince him and so once he came in, once we broke that and we're like, we know we're only two people, but we can do what you want. And we, we've ended up shooting and producing and directing 12 commercials that, that we've done with him. We've um, shot pilots for him. He's, he's a part of what we do. He helps us out. Like, and that all started from being ready, you know, being ready and knowing like, this is our weakness. We know that we're a small company, but you know what, because we are, we can do this and they can't. And, it's just using that idea over and over again and be like, I know that's my weakness. I know that. Like, I'll call it out first so you can't make fun of me.
0: Right, exactly. And, um,
1: and, and figure out why it's a positive. So, like, for us, we can go shoot Ghost of the Ozarks in Arkansas, fly everyone out there, and still come back and have made it for $1,700. You know what I mean? That's like, crazy. And, and, that and, and is that's... so
0: crazy to me. 1700 bucks. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. – so like you know in in the in the modern era of of two three hundred million dollar budgets mm-hmm. those those numbers are like in, in like they're incomprehensible numbers mm-hmm. it's so much money that like you don't even know where it all goes yeah so sure. so to hear like i i know what fifteen seventeen hundred dollars looks like like I've, I've held that much in my hands before yeah so like to to like think about converting that into what you know that that, that short that i saw I'm like that's that's so incredible it's so yeah. incredible
1: and it's that idea of like you're just putting extra zeros on it as you go up and as you shoot features and stuff like that and like but like us starting from the bottom and actually being like welcome like, monster like and and just taking that little bit of money and being like where's it best used where can we get away with it not being there And like you start realizing you only spend money that's going to be on screen you only spend money to make sure that people are happy, like that need to be happy, and like you, you, you don't waste it. Right. And so, like, as you get up in those bigger budgets, you do the same thing. And so, we've been able to to do things with budgets that, like, like the arrival thing, like they were like, man, we got like fifteen thousand bucks, and I was like, I can do it for that. You better believe it. I can do it for sure. And, like, give it to me, and I can because it. Was give just me, me and the money. <laughs> yeah, it was just me and Matt, and and you know and. uh and they paid for the actors and i don't know how you know i don't know how much they paid them but whatever right. and like that was the that's kind of how that happens you're just like sometimes you can be like i can do that you know and and like people laugh at you people are like you can't make a movie for that and i'm like good then sit down and shut up and i'll bring it back to you and let you know what it looks like and right. and, and then people get bummed that they weren't a part of it and that makes us so happy you know And then next time they all won't say no. So.
0: Right. Exactly. I've I've actually, I've had that exact same moment. Uh, many, like our first like actual like corporate customer, like when we incorporated, because we were, we started doing money, like dealing with money that like had more than two zeros on it. So like, I was like, uh, I would like to keep it. Like I am now hiring artists to do things. You know, it was not just, Oh, like my camera went real crazy there. Um, it was, I, I, I met uh, an author at a convention, and he pitched me his book, and it was the first day, like, I was just coming through, like, checking out this, the show, and I'm like, C- I'm coming back tomorrow to buy things. He pitches me the book, I come back, and I'm like, listen, here's, here's my money, I'm buying the book, because I think it's a cool idea. I need you to let me redo your website, because it's garbage. Like, mm-hmm. I just flat out told him, like, your website is trash, like, I've done websites for, at that point, like, seven, eight years, uh-huh. I'm like... I can do what you did in my sleep, therefore I can definitely do something better while I'm awake. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's so always like does it show." He's like, "I bought a, I bought a software. Like I did it myself. It took me an hour." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, it shows, and it's sad yeah. because like I, I love the pitch. I love the book." And then in that conversation, he starts talking about, "Oh, like I wanted to do this like animated comic trailer," and that's kind of when like that was just kind of starting up. And he's like, oh, I'm talking to this company. There was this a huge booth that was uh, of, of a company that was doing that kind of stuff. And um, he's like, yeah, they're quoting me like eight grand. He's like, I'm not really trying to spend that much. I'm like, well, how much are you trying to spend? He's like, two grand. I was like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. We definitely do it. I learned more about Premiere off of that single, <laughs> single exchange, just for the fact of, man, uh, how do I like get things to look like they're animated even though they're still images. And, like, yeah. we took this, you know, we, we I just said, yeah, we could absolutely do it for that much. And yeah. then we did that. And then he said, cool. And then when he, when he put a second book out, he said, I'm trying to do this again. I hired someone who knew what they were doing in After Effects. And, you know, we, we es- escalated that game so much higher that, like, it made sense. It made sense. Yeah, like, I, I was like, you, cool, you this, look, look, this like, looked good, good enough for, like, an initial. But, like, this second time around, it's got to be better. So, like, we went with somebody who, who knew what they were doing. and like, you know, the price tag was a little higher and he understood that. And like, it's all it is.
1: Yeah. And that's important to be able to price yourself at what you are worth is the hardest thing on the planet. And I think we talked about that last night a little bit. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, it is so hard to know that you're worth an amount of money. And like, you know, Matt and I each year, we We take a, we take a challenge on on our own and like, you know this year was like let's start paying ourselves an actual salary like let's start figuring this out how does this work and like you just keep building on things and, and before you know it if you don't stop and you keep creating and doing the best that you can like you'll get to a point where you're like wow i'm you know i'm, I'm making it i'm right <laughs> i'm doing something here and like and you but but it's so hard like value the time that you put in and like yes you're gonna have to work sometimes for ending up being minimum wage because you put so many hours into it but like get what you're worth because somebody taught me one of the best things they ever taught me about selling videos and this works for anything it's like like people were wanting to buy our videos and like i was like i don't know how much to charge for this and we just happened to be meeting with a guy that we were uh shooting and he was like charge him x amount of dollars fifteen hundred dollars and i was like man i was thinking like 400 500 and he's like no you need one person to buy it at 1500 but you need, like, you know, like, three people to buy it just to match that one. And he's like, you're not going to get them all, but you're going to get, you know, it, it's going to work for you in the long run. And so I took that. This is when we first started out, and I told people no. And, like, he's, and, and, and David had been in, and, and he'd been in the business for a long time, and he was like, do not sell yourself short. You are worth it. And, like, just having, hearing that, like... And as soon as people started buying it for 1,500 bucks, and this was just for them to use it, something we had already shot. right? Like, already been on the internet, already been on YouTube. And like, they were actually paying that price because they're like, I'm using this for a show in Belgium. And like, it's it's seven minutes of content. Are you kidding me? $1,500 is a steal. And like, you know, you, you don't realize that like, even though like, they YouTube has seen it 4 million times, right? there's a lot of people out there and so like i was right. like wow i can sell. i can still put stuff up on youtube we don't monetize it and and oh and, really like, Because of, no uh-uh. and and then like we just were selling them like overseas to different countries and like if i hadn't have done that if i have started selling those for what i thought i was going to be which was like two to five hundred dollars i would have had to have like gotten like 10 people just to reach the amount of like one one right. sale because i didn't know what i was worth and that's the hardest thing to figure out and it's hard to be like that's why like People have managers and agents because that right. manager and agent will fight for them. But like, if you're going one to one, it's so hard to like negotiate that price and be like, God, when you sit down and think about like, man, that seems like a lot of money. I understand that, but if I break it down for you, just understand it's not. And you know what? Not everybody's going to go for that price, and they're sure. some people are going to be like, ah, it's too much. And you just say, Hey, I totally get it. God, I hope you get this thing done. I hope you nail it. Right. And like, truly be happy and true. Like, don't be like angry that they don't give it to you. Just be like man i really hope you can find somebody who can kill this for you right it's just not me because i'll kill myself doing this for this price and it benefits you way more than it benefits me sure. And it's like i can't do that over and over again or i'll never create on my own no, exactly i, I Irene, yeah you have to know your worth and you have to know that you're worth something because no one else is going to tell you that no one else is going to everybody wants it for a deal Right, And everybody knows what you're worth secretly, and they know what they're they – Right, pay. exactly,
0: for sure, for sure, exactly. Because they, they've, they've already done the, – the reason they're looking for a deal is because they've already done the research. They know what the price is at the, the the whatever level, and they know that they can't afford that. So they're coming to a different level just to find someone who's going to not know that. They're going to not yeah. know the it, worth. Man, so. I'll,
1: I'll tell you this, this quick little story, but like I, I won't name the company, but it's a company we love – and they asked us like if we wanted to shoot some behind the scenes for them and we were like yes but you know what we we, we welcome we to were, know we were bigger at this point and we were like we know what we're worth and we know we know what this needs to be and we quoted them a price and they were like man this is way too much and we were like we totally get it you know we love you guys but right. we just can't do it for and sure. the whole time we were like god did we make the wrong decision they're just gonna find someone else oh my god they did find someone else, and like literally, like a week ago, we heard from the inside how much those people are hated and what a terrible job they're doing. And it's like, wow. it's not, and, and I and I feel bad for them, right? Because, I, and, and and but I am so happy that that there was a little bit of validation there. Like you know what you're getting, man. And I know this is a lot of money, but like in the end, I'm not getting paid that much for as much yeah. as I'm working for you. And like you get what you pay for, you really do. And um. Yeah. Anyway, like that kind of validation every now and then. You know what? I was worth that price. I felt bad about that for a couple months, and I felt right. like I really screwed something up. But you know what? No. Like I would have been so mad at myself if we'd have been working for seven months and 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 done it at a price that wasn't realistic.
0: Right. For sure. Anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because so.
0: that because that would have that would have eaten up your time. You could have been doing something else. Potentially, you could have had client work that paid you know that that the money that you needed, the money that you were got worth. It.
1: It literally made us end up going like, let's go ahead and shoot our feature last year, and so we did. And if we would have had that, we probably wouldn't have that drive to be like, let's go get investors, let's go do this this time. Right. And you know, and so you gotta always think of those things like, all right, I didn't get that thing. You know what? It's probably a really good thing, and it usually is. Um, If you're on the right track, you know who you are, and you know what you're going for. When you say no to those jobs, or those no, or those jobs aren't given to you, know that it's probably. I just look at it in a way of like. All right, the universe is telling me that I don't need to spend my time on that. I need to focus on this. And if you have a story to tell, if you want to inspire people, like the best thing to do is to create your own content and, and get it out there. And like that's really a big reason that Matt and I left the art world, right? Because we realized we we're just talking to artists, and the entertainment business allows you to reach so many more people, and you can say something to so many more people who actually need to to be told something, need to be inspired. For sure. Need to, need to like feel good and 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 be and question things and so like for us we're like people in the art world laughed at us when we're like we're gonna go out and make movies and they're like (laughs) why you want to do that that lowbrow stuff and it's like because of people like you because i don't want to talk to you anymore i want to talk to people who like actually like yeah, I need to have a conversation and want to have a conversation, just don't know how. the
0: the so, art The yeah. art world, especially crit, critics in the art world, a friend, a good friend of mine is in, is uh, is an incredible painter, Matthew Ryan Sharp. Uh, he's actually retired from from showing and all that stuff, but uh, he still, you know, he still does his graphic design stuff. Uh, but he he's done sh- many shows over the years. I've been to, I'd say, probably ninety percent of them. And there was one done in Milwaukee, and end of the show, we're walking out. Like I drove up with him, so. I'm leaving at the same time he is, and it's like the last guy there, you know? And he's got some stuff to say. And like, we're talking there 15, 20, 30 minutes, and this guy ends up just doubling back over everything he's saying. He thinks he's like on this next level, you know? He's like, oh man, like, you know, you really can't go into art with judgment, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, I really don't consider Dolly an artist. And I was like, you know, like three minutes ago you said no judgment. But now, <laughs> it feels like you're judging. So it's, a, it's like it's the, pe- world. the people who who've got some stuff to say about art have always got a lot of stuff to say about art.
1: <laughs> well, that's their job, right? Like that's that's the way that they keep going and doing it their living. It's like that's why you see like news correspondents not saying anything real, but just say it really loud because they keep getting yep. paid for it. Like, it's just yep. that same idea. So you know, people are always going to hate what you do. Um, just make people love it or hate it. Don't make them just be like, meh Like, make something that divides people in a way where it creates a conversation that you can talk about it. For and sure. You can open up dialogue and be like, "I see why you don't like it, but I have a, you know, I, I want to talk to you about that. I see why you love it, but I want to, I want you to talk to this person." And I, I like, I just creating these conversations like opens up the ability to actually have uh, civil discourse, which we don't get a lot. And so. True. I don't know like that's we we have a lot of things that we want to say are we more important than anyone else no but we 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 do feel like we have things that like will positively impact people and at least inspire them and i think that's why we get sent to universities to speak a lot because we come from a very like a background of 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 small towns not a lot of money doing our own thing making it happen and like we want to show people we want to tell people how to do that and and i think that's a reason that people like to hear us talk and and that kind of jazz is they they feel like I can do it too because they can because we're no different than them. We just don't stop. Right. And if you don't stop, you're going to make it. You know, like if you have an ounce of talent and you don't stop, then you can figure out a way to make it.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. And, that, that, and that's yeah. the thing is like, I feel, you know, kind of on a bit of a tangent, but I feel like a lot of people are told and, and, and there's a lot of information out there that kind of says, hey, you can be this thing and this level of thing like regardless and i think there is that difference like there are people like you said there are people who are going to grind and never stop like i think one of uh, one of my favorite quotes from Will Smith who is like a personal hero of mine i'll be honest um he said you may be more talented than me he's like you may be more more capable than me he's like but i am not afraid to die on the treadmill
1: mm-hmm. he's like if
0: we get on the treadmill you're either getting off before me or i'm going to die there Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, he's like, I'm willing to work more than you guaranteed, regardless, you could be mm-hmm. better than me. You could be more talented, more capable, but at the end of the day, I'm going to outwork you.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, and I think a lot of people don't hear that when they hear a lot of the talk of, oh, you could, you could be, you know, you could make, you could make movies, you could make, you can be an entrepreneur. You could be, you know, like, oh, there's a lot of talk, you know, these days and like people are like, streaming for instance like we're on caffeine broadcasting streaming is a huge huge thing there's you know there's people making just huge moves you know million what was it it like just the other day there was a hundred broadcasters they did a game of Fortnite. it was uh, this number may be wrong but it's over it's over the million mark it was like no 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 no, that was that was so that was the first one that was the that was the first record and then like a week later hundred broadcasters so this way well this one dude did the, the actual broadcast but him and 99 other people who broadcast who are like known in the in the gaming world all did one game of of fortnite together and they had like 2.5 million concurrent viewers like yeah. it was ridiculous. like the numbers are insane so people hear yeah. that and they jump on they're like yo I, I love playing video games and they get on and it's like there there's there's levels to that there is like how much talent you have but there's also how much work you're going to do there's there's that's so much that goes into it
1: everything yeah there's yeah. just so
0: much that goes into it and this is a you know in every field and everything that you do you know i i could i could make unboxing videos and just make a, a overhead camera of me unboxing stuff for the rest of my life that's only going to get me to a certain point but if yep. i keep working to make that exact thing better and better and better and better Then you look at somebody like uh, Unbox Therapy, which I don't know if you've ever seen one of his videos, but like. I
1: think so, yeah.
0: It's gotten to such a ridiculous degree. Just the other day I watched, and he got sent like in this like rolling case for very special edition phones. And it was like, you know, the the case rolls in on the table and he opens it up. It's this like, you know, secret agent thing. Like it was like you compare that to one of the early videos, it's like a whole different ballgame. Whole different ballgame. Because he stepped, he stepped, yeah, consistency, and he stepped up the game yeah. every single time he hit the record button. For sure. So, for and sure. that's, that's the thing is like, there's so much that goes into any field, any, anything that you do. And yeah. I think a lot of people don't hear that when they hear like what you can be.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. It takes a lot to get there and none of us are there yet. We don't, you know, like we're all just trying to get there and we're all working toward a goal and, and and that's what keeps us being creators and and keeps us being passionate is just like never being satisfied with ourselves. You still have to like be okay with yourself and and know that you're of worth, but like we'll just never be satisfied. And that's something that keeps us going and will continue to keep us going. So, yeah, for
0: sure. For sure. One, uh, I guess kind of final ish topic. I would Mm -hmm. like your thoughts on the future of film the future of filming filmmaking um, I know there is a lot there's a lot of speculation uh, on the technology side of things kind of where things are going uh, you know 8 10 12 46 K is coming I'm sure uh, <laughs> there's only so many definitions and I don't know where we coming up keep coming up with new ones uh, <laughs> what do you what do you think um, do you, do you think something like VR is gonna be an interesting space to, to work in do you think recording uh, 3d like full experience kind of situations do you think that's gonna be I don't want to say the future because I, I feel like the two two-dimensional like like you know screen film is gonna be always there there's always gonna be a place for it because not everyone people get motion sickness and all these other things Um but do you th- think that's going to be like something that you'd want to play with? And do you think that's going to be something that's going to be important?
1: I think that I'm going to do the biggest cop-out answer ever. <laughs> um, I think that storytelling is storytelling. And I think that that trumps everything. And I think okay. you, you see like there's a great uh, VR film at Sundance, which was this like uh, a couple years back, which was like Matt, I don't know if Matt's on he's probably working on the documentary, which I'm going to have to jump back on. But it was this, basically this experience of like, you were riding in a car.
0: <laughs> I'd be a weirdo if I was still here. Um,
1: you uh, uh, be. And, and You I can be, probably sir. attest to this. Uh, it was like, it was supposed to be like this person riding in a car and like your friends roll up to this convenience store. They go in and then all of a sudden they start robbing the convenience store. And like, and like you're in this car and you don't know what to do. And like, you start hearing like police cars like coming from far off and, like you have to make these decisions, and like oh, I think, wow. that, like on as on a VR level, that film does everything that VR can do. It like puts you in a position like, where do you hide? What do you do? What story? Like everywhere you look, and I think that's very hard with VR. Like you always get these things where you just like Google Nani De La Pena. She does VR journalism. Okay. Awesome. Like the like that's a great one, Matt. That's um, crazy, yeah. And. uh you know, like I think VR just lends itself to certain kind of storytelling better. But people who push it on itself aren't going to do a good job, and it's just going to kind of like fade off into something else. But those people who really do it well, they'll stick around and they'll utilize that. It's like people who shoot movies on iPhones. We know that those iPhones are are like seven thousand dollar iPhones because they've had have so many attachments. Right. Them, but
0: <laughs> I love that's that's always my them. favorite. It's shot on yeah. a Samsung, shot on an iPhone, and then you zoom yeah. out, and then it's like camera gimbal drone like
1: yeah but it's like a like people have been telling stories like bards have been telling stories for ages that have enthralled people i can i know a guy right now i can't think of his name but the guy who came to overlook who like just told stories
0: just play just like anyway. verbally
1: yeah like verbally like his name's clay something but he just sold he he sold one of his like Verbal story ideas, like it's being made into a TV show. I just saw this like two days ago, but like, like it's because he's so engaging and he just knows how to tell a story and he writes a good story. And I don't like, awesome. And and I don't think that like, I don't think it matters how you tell the story. I think like if you look at something like Moonlight, like you can look at Moonlight and it's such an amazing story, but like they are out of focus shots. There are like it's not like a perfect movie, but it in that regard but it won the oscar because it's like such an enthralling such an amazing story and like that's what really eventually will trump all whether it gets the awards or not that's beyond the point sure like, sure, it's sure. A story that's really good like it doesn't really matter you still enjoy movies that are in black and white that are just really good stories like you still hearing you still love hearing like a grandfather or your a parent tell a story that you like just love hearing like that that captures you and that engages you and i don't know what the future is like we'll chase it like matt and i are not opposed to to any kind of technology um as long as it like befits the story and makes it makes it better sure um but there's no reason to just use it to use it um that's why you see stuff like man you got enough drone shots already Like, that kind of thing, (laughs) like, you know, like, oh, man, is this MTV Cribs? Like, why is everything on a slider? Like, sure, it can be, but it doesn't need to be. Right. And, like, just because you have a different tool, just because you have cameras that can, like, focus everything at once and then you can pick how you want to rack focus, like, yeah, that makes it easier to a degree, but it also takes away the spontaneity as much and, like, takes away that storytelling that is that stuff, that nuanced stuff that you catch in the moment because you didn't have another way to do it, like – the first seven minutes of our film had to be shot in one day it was 64 shots and it is so beautiful because we planned it out and we were like we gotta like we gotta cut this out we can't shoot it this way because we won't have time we got to get back to our documentaries like style roots and it's just gorgeous because we had no other choice we would have shot it over like three or four days right because of weather and like We could only get the voice of ABC for two days before he had to be back into the booth to film, you know, to, to do his voiceover. So it was like these constraints cause something to be beautiful. And that often happens when we're making a movie as my final point, there are often those things that you're like, this is the worst part of the movie at this moment. And you go in and you mess with it and you, because you have to, because you're like, wow, we can't reshoot this. How do we make this? And like, you mess with it. You, you, think up creative ideas to fix the problem and then it becomes the best part of the movie or it comes to the best part of the documentary because you had to put so much soul and heart into that one little section because you didn't do something right or because something was out of your control and like that happens more often than not and so these kind of things that help those rich people make things perfectly that doesn't mean they can tell stories better than you and that doesn't mean that they have the heart um, and the drive to figure out problems as they come up like you do and so know you always have an upper hand if you have that drive and i think that's something that we just have to like you have to keep remembering you may not have the best stuff but you can tell the best story nothing stops you
0: from that, and, so. I, and i think that that is that is, that is the perfect note to end on it, it doesn't the stuff doesn't matter the story does i like it i like it i appreciate Thanks, it thank you so much for hanging out with me thank you for for all the the wisdom and the great stories and uh
1: Matt Maddie just said the wisdom? <laughs> um, thank you guys. There's I'm lots G, of wisdom, gotta, Matt Glass. Yeah. Lots of wisdom. Yeah, you get you I, I know you're gonna get Maddie on here soon and uh, that's gonna be fun. He's he's the most talented man I know. So thanks so much, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much. And we'll be seeing you on uh on all the platforms. Links in the video, links down below for those watching in the future. And uh we'll see you guys. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Have a good one, guys. All
0: right, folks, that's it for this one. If you did not get a chance to join us for this one, if you are watching in the future, make sure you come to caffeine.tv slash T3G Media. Every Wednesday, we're going to be doing our broadcast for comic books and comic book culture and, and subjects and themes and all that st- sort of stuff. And uh, Thursdays, we're going to be doing this show, Passion as a Business. And we're going to be doing that with new guests, new topics, and new conversations on pursuing what you love As a way of life. As a a living. So thank you for watching. Make sure you like. Subscribe. Check out the main channel. And we'll see you guys in the next one.